Hey y'all, what's, what's going up? On? <laughs> what I forgot it? what y'all did last time. It's the blooper track. That's all. It is. Just <laughs> staying in. Just staying in. But well, what are we gonna do? You want to let talk? you do it because you, nah, you got the you voice for it. You, you got to sing. Nah, I'm gonna right, give right. you your chance. This is your debut. This is my. I'm gonna just say three, two, and you say one, boom. Okay, cool. All right. Let's do it. Together, three, two, go. Three, two, one. What's up, y'all? Welcome to the Treehouse Podcast. My name is Chris. My name is Azaray. <laughs> yup, and um, we are we are here for another episode of the yes. Treehouse Podcast. Yes, indeed. Um, this is Chris's debut. He's usually behind the camera and right. all the audio, but um, good job, Chris. Thank you. Um, we got a lot of dope stuff coming up today. I hope wait, wait, everybody. Wait, wait, wait. Time out, time out, time out. Before what? you go any further, I just want to say I am usually behind the camera. I'm filling in. For our brother JJ. Oh my God, JJ! JJ I'm, I'm sorry, I didn't best. forget you. I love you. She did forget you because no, you, <laughs> <laughs> you saw it. <laughs> Anyways, what were you saying? Oh, you done? All right. Yeah. So, and also, Chris said he was gonna be talking junk on this podcast <laughs> because JJ wasn't talking as much junk. Apparently, I, I be talking junk, but I I don't know. But you regardless, gotta gotta hold yeah. <laughs> yeah, we got you're outnumbered by the femininity here. So I'm gonna like transition that and let. Do you want to introduce our special guest or do? I'll do that. All right. Well, this is your second shot. Let's go. Second shot. Here we go. Hope me. Hope I don't mess up. Um. Okay. So today on the podcast we have a very special guest. <laughs> We've got somebody who is a creative director, somebody who is a dancer and a choreographer who's worked with the stars, traveled the world, mm-hmm. been all over, done all, all, all kind of stuff. Like mm-hmm. So this is a person who I met actually working out and about. Um, and yeah, we've got Miss Deborah Hughes. Oh, oh, greetings, woo-hoo. everyone. Greetings, greetings. Thanks so much. Peace, you coming through. peace, Deborah. And Deborah. can you break down your name for them? Yes, so my name is Deborah, not Deborah, accent over the O, period. Hughes. And people call me a Yodo, A O D O, which just means accent over the O, because growing up, people used to call me Deborah, which is my mother's name. Now, I always have to tell people, like, yo, my name is not Deborah, it's Deborah. I have an accent over the O, but I use the African American vernacular English way of saying over the, you know, O V A D A, which is also important too because in our west african culture we don't have like a t in the english or a t in their language okay. so they use d so like this d-i-s or uh, the like d-a that's why they be talking like that. but we naturally Word. do it as a you better come in so. like hurry up and educate us <laughs> with the knowledge like, <laughs> yeah. we naturally do it as a people so right, accent right. over o-b-a-d-a-o i love it wow mm-hmm. i'm not gonna lie like when i first saw that it took me a long time to figure out like what that meant like, what you know what i mean i always mean? would see it but i'm like okay and they call you ayodo yeah like ayodo you know like ayodo I, I really love that <laughs> like for, for so many reasons because like it's definitely hood friendly mm-hmm. and then it's like a deeper meaning and i make corporate people say it like Come that on. too correct you use your whole mouth yeah your whole tongue you know because my thing is like my thing is like this I was given this name. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is my actual name. Absolutely. Why can't you say my name? You know what I'm saying? Like, can I, can we call you Deb? Can we call? No, you can no, call you me Deborah. My greatness. You you gotta like speak that power when mm-hmm. you say my name. You gotta right. make sure you speak into. And I know who I am. I know my what my name gave me this name yep. purposefully. Yep. And it's, it's Hebrew. Reason. And it's yeah. Hebrew, I mean, so, yeah. like, it's a lot of pressure naming your child because mm-hmm. I had to do it mm-hmm. right. And like, you're like, dang, like people gonna call you this. Like my son's uh, DNA match was like when I was pregnant. He's like, let's name him Messiah. 
And I was like, and so his name would have been Mace, it would have been a 3M, Mace or Mason M M. And I was just like, I don't want to give him that responsibility to have to defend himself over the Messiah or, you know, whatever. And I want something that like speaks to the spirit that I feel in him. So Mason is what I came up with, but it's very, um, it's a strong name. And a lot Mm -hmm. of people say that to me, like, oh, that's a strong name. And my grandfather was a brick Mason. Mm -hmm. So everything is like a sense of tribute in my family. My mom's name is Cynthia Ada. Ada means first daughter. Mm -hmm. Cynthia means moon. My name is Teresa, right? But check this out, right? Azaray is also my name, um, but Teresa or Azaray is Teresa spelled backwards, oh, but the wow. T is silent. But I don't want people like calling me Azaret, so mm-hmm. I put A Z A R A. They call me Aza anyway, still. But like, <laughs> I love like being able to connect back to your name, especially in your brand or whatever you do Absolutely. in the world to represent yourself, because it shows your authenticity. Like, you Absolutely, don't have to I agree with that. And even at a younger age, I was like, I'm gonna make this work for me. Like, y'all gonna say <laughs> my name right, yeah. and my logo is just my O. Or whatnot, and so when I first did it, was like I don't, I don't really know about that one. The boy, I was like, well, good thing I didn't ask you. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> he was like, how does this work? I was like, it works for my brand. It, like you're gonna get my name right. You're gonna see it. It's very simple, straight to the point. Like if you could say Michelangelo, if you could say Leonardo DiCaprio, you can say Deborah. That's real. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Period. Yeah. But that's my little spill. That's my name. <laughs> I really love that because it's like, you know, although we know you're about your business. But, like, it, it sets people aside when you, like, you're not selling your soul mm-hmm. in any capacity. Absolutely. And then you're also accepting. Hold on. Let's let this, this thing pass. You're also accepting, like, exactly what you are and all the gifts that come with you. Mm-hmm. And, like, and realizing there's nothing wrong with that, you know. Because people mm-hmm. get with it. If you, if you are knowledgeable about yourself and you take that time mm-hmm. to invest in that mm-hmm. and you walk boldly in that, people yeah. will get with it. Because we're totally That's on true. the opposite side of it now. It's like, oh, I like that. Hey, Yoda. Mm-hmm. Oh, the logo and even the homie that said it to me initially back in the day like probably like 10 12 years at this moment he called me randomly probably like three years and he was like yo i was wrong this is a good logo for you <laughs> yeah. i was like yeah yeah that's what you gotta have your own mind that's true <laughs> because you didn't know that sir right. but but the vision it was I my had, conversation my right. business you know right. what i'm saying it's like you it. got to take time to think mm-hmm. and plot and plan yeah. you know what i'm saying like i know things don't always go the way that you expect them to but if you have that time where you can put this thought into the universe you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying like a lot of the time stuff will start shaping up Absolutely. sometimes it'll shape up not the way you expect it but it'll shape up the way it was supposed to be anyway supposed to be yeah. and you've been knowing me like you know familiar with me for a while now and even people when they meet me they're like yeah Deborah they're like hold on is it Deborah Deborah like no nah, her name Deborah well if you called her Deborah did she correct you like yeah, oh that's oh, her most definitely. <laughs> or most like definitely. is it Ayoto like the accent they're like oh, okay that's her so people <laughs> identify me by like Okay, it's, it's that one. Type yeah. Deal, so yeah. Speaking of identifying, let's talk about identifying because you are identified in the community as somebody who. How actually? How how do you prefer to be identified? Like, what do you tell people that you do? So I will say this: I am not the best person talking about myself, but I do great <laughs> talking about other people. Okay. I'll be like, "Oh, they do this, but so talk y'all need to contact blah blah." Treehouse. Treehouse. So, yeah, picking back up, you were about to tell us how you like to be identified. Well, you said other people talk better about yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. So, in the sense, I am, I'm not a person, like, I need to do that. I feel like my work will speak for itself. But as we know, as artists, it's always a balance in that. Yeah. So, I'm always trying to find the balance between being a public person in the sense of my profession, but being very private in the right. sense. Because um, I want to make my money and go back home. And be you know what I'm saying? Like. Yeah. In my art everywhere like I tell people I want to be everywhere and nowhere at the same time like 
I want my art to be over here. Mm. I got choreo on this stage. I got costuming over here and blah, mm. blah. And I'm at the house, like, <laughs> art, you know, with my family. Collecting checks. Yeah, absolutely. Residual mm. income. Residual. Mm. Um, but speaking into my identity, most people meet me in a dance world. I'm a dancer, choreographer, creative direction. So that comes from any style, genre, any form, from stage, television, and film. And then some people know me in the theater world or costume world, design, wardrobe, styling in that regards. So what happens is when people see me in the dance world and then they see me out or a video I made clothes or artists and like, oh, who made it? Or see what I have on. Like, I did. Like, what? You make clothes? (laughs) (laughs) I told you I make clothes. Like, I knew you made clothes, but I didn't know you made clothes clothes. Or people who see me in the design world and then they see me perform on stage. They're like, yo, I came to the dinner concert. You were on stage. Like, yo, I didn't even know you danced like that. And I'm like, yeah, I told you I was a dancer. There you go. Well, I knew you danced, but I didn't know you danced, dance. So, and I have two different pages for those things. Oh, cool. So I keep those worlds separate. And some people don't even know, like, my design page is my design page. And okay. also, again, I don't really, like, talk about it. And then those worlds separately together creates my fine artwork. And so I do uh, visual installations, artistic forms, like different multimedia. And I take the textiles and I create pieces. Basically, this work I'm doing is paying homage to my ancestors, the women in my family, like people who have passed. I love you. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I already know you. (laughs) And I do a visual expression on the garment. And depending on what type of style of show I have for the exhibition, Mm -hmm. I put my dancers in the pieces. And they do the, the poetry and emotion of what I'm expressing. You do that for every show? Depending on what the budget is and what gotcha. the show allows. So okay. this particular show that I'm doing now at the Sinclair Gallery at the Artist Exchange is basically I am one artist of seven artists and we have our closing on June 19th. Y'all come out. For sure. But it's an installation piece. And when I was doing it, because I am a residency artist at Sugar Cane Syrup, shout out to the artist director, Ray Lewis. Mm-hmm. I am in his studio at the moment. And when he asked me to be a part of the show, I was like, great. How do we accommodate like my work in the gallery? Yeah. And as the curators, him and the other one, Miss Lisa, she was like, I'm not really sure. We never dealt with artists like her. And I'm telling them about my work and they don't really see it. All they know is when they come to the studio, it's just like a whole bunch of fabric everywhere. And it's <laughs> huge, like huge. And so when I'm finally setting up the work and I was telling Ray, I was like, yo, I need like, I really need two weeks to install this work, but I need about a good two or three days to just go in, go in, go in. And when I did it, he was like, oh, like, this is why it looks like this. Because mm-hmm. they originally wanted me to do two pieces. I was like, I can't do two pieces because it's going to fill the whole space up. Mm-hmm. I got a question about mm-hmm. that. So I've always wondered this. Like, so when you when you see artists doing things like that, you're talking about installations and, like, mm-hmm. these grand, like, projects. Mm-hmm. You're doing it at, do you actually do the work at the venue or do you do it in your own space and then transport it? And if you transport it, how do you transport it? A combination of different things. So okay. this particular benefit is that the artist studio is, is within the space of the gallery. So I'm working okay. it and with the piece. I've been working on it. Yeah, I worked on it from January to uh, took me about three months mm-hmm. to make it. And then really the fine two parts of it probably took me like a month and a half. And the show's been up. It's June. The show's been up since April. April. So I had like, you know, four months to work on the piece and it took me all of four months to really, really like solidify the piece. Mm -hmm. And so we just transported it right then and there. But like when I had another show, we had to put my pieces in a truck 
and then transported there. And you have people who are art handlers. So my artistic director, Ray Lewis, is an art handler. And so people pay him to have the knowledge of how to transport art, but also Mm. give the care and consideration of the art. Wow. You don't want fingerprints and oils and all that that stuff on that. That's a job for everything. Yeah, it's a job. It's (laughs) a job. Like, my father was like, hold on. They pay people to hang up art? I can hang art. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I hung these shingles. I can can do that. (laughs) But, yeah, and and it's not a lot of black people in that space. Mm. FYI, if you're looking to get into that. Yeah, it's it's super accessible to get in it. We just don't know how. But he's a great resource to do that as well. But, yeah, so those are three of my things. I get into other stuff later. Okay. My sister was going to be a curator. She's not. She now has her own organization where she's a freedom fighter. It's a lot. But shout out to uh, Michigan United. But you blow me away. I like genuinely. I love you because, yeah, you know what I'm saying. It's like it's a fight. Women should be. They should realize the queen within them. Like even starting from your name. Like I ain't about to be shamed because of my name. I was. Were we talking about that earlier? Yeah, we were talking about it on here. I don't know. If we were recording, but like, and then embracing that, making it work for you. But mm-hmm. it already works for you because mm-hmm. it was given to you and then you know just like solidifying yourself and and you have like your brands organized girl if you knew like how i'm I'm at the point now where like i dealt with a lot of trauma in life and stuff but like didn't want to allow that to define the rest of my life because if you don't handle that it will do that and so i'm tapping into these things but like you know being able to get to the point where like your whole life is everything that is you mm-hmm. and it makes your money yeah. and it's easy and it's like you said residual like I commend you I love you I Appreciate love your spirit I support daily, you daily task yeah absolutely, absolutely. but task. the work pays off <laughs> you know each one reach one each one teach one I couldn't one. imagine doing something else why right. would you right. how like, could you I am grateful that I get to wake up every day and call this my life. Living like I purpose. am actively participating in my life, and right. life is not happening to me. Yeah, yeah. But I get to like make my decisions, and I'm very conscious and mindful of that. Right. You're in your purpose. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. the key. People. And you don't ever retire from that. That's real. No. You Never. But it's okay though, because mm-hmm. what else you trying to? What are you here to do? You know right. what I'm saying? I mean, you think you might think you're here to do other stuff, but that's mm-hmm. just distraction. So and we and as people, sorry, go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm saying we as passionate people. Even when I travel the world, when I meet people who are doing what they love, mm. we age differently. Right. Mm. Like your body responds to things differently because Definitely. it's also a part of your passion, your purpose, but it's also your therapy that's happening. Oh, yeah. So it, you find happiness, you is, find it peace. Yeah. Yeah. It is all connected. Man, he designed it that way for a reason. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. my God. Mm-hmm. But it's like, but you know, it's really, how do I explain this? I don't want to be long winded. It's hard to get to that point of like, you know what I'm saying? Like, understanding that it is that simple. Mm-hmm. It could all be so simple. Mm-hmm. But we make it hard for ourselves yeah. because I don't know if, like, well, I don't know. because on, Lauren Hill. Somebody had to say it. I feel Thank you, Lauren. I hear her ringing in my ear because when I, like, you know, when I try to achieve a goal and it's like, you know, for, like, what I do now, like, okay, you got to get content out. Or you got to write this song or take time to devote to your artistry. Mm-hmm. And I don't do it. And then so I allow that to build up over the course of how, whatever, a week or so. And it's killing me. It's mm-hmm. doing damage to me. It's mm-hmm. stressing me out. Yeah. All that other negative stuff that I'm, I want to get away from. But then when I take the step to hop over that and then be on the other side of that goal, I'm like, damn, that was so easy. And it feels amazing being here. And if mm-hmm. I can do that, I can do anything. Because that's not hard. You mm-hmm. know, but you really got to, people got to take that, that moment to have their aha moment. 
you know, to take the step forward because it's hard work. Mm -hmm. It is work that you have to be dedicated to. But like we were saying the last episode, um, you know, choose your heart. It's all going to be hard. But this type of stuff is so worth it because this is how you know how however long your time is on this earth. You are living in your purpose. Like, you don't, it ain't no, oh, she had so much potential. I'm in my potential yeah. and beyond. Yeah. So, it's a good time. I, to, yes. It's a good time to segue. I actually wanted to ask you, how did you, or what was the moment when you figured out, like, okay, mm-hmm. this is what my passion is. This is what mm-hmm. I believe my purpose is. And I'm going to walk in it and I'm going to, like, live in it. Like, how did you get to that point? And what were the steps that you took to make this become your everyday? Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, I was. Born in Orangeburg, South Carolina. I grew up in Greenwood, South Carolina. I'm sorry. Let me get you one more time. I'm going to actually pull this a little closer. I just don't want the people to miss what mm-hmm. you're saying. Can you turn that? To Maybe. the... Oh. Yeah. Oh, you want me to catch you? Just lift yeah. <laughs> I love it. You about your job. <laughs> That's what you do. Right here is fine? Yeah, I can still see Check, your... check, one, two. Put my voice on. Yeah, <laughs> Cool. I call Chris the voice. He's I don't know why. Like, the voice. You <laughs> oh, got a nice speaking voice. Thank you. Yes, you do. I know. Thank he needs to embrace that. You need to speak more. Um, yes. So I was born in Orangeburg, South Carolina. I grew up in Greenwood, South Carolina. ATL raised me and the world is evolving me. Mm. So being a country girl from the South is definitely a part of my story. I remember at 10 years old, our church had a black party. And so the pastor was telling the church about it. And I'm like, you know, after church, like, hey, pastor, can we dance? Like, can me and my friends dance at the black party? He was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, go ahead, little girl. Of course you can. <laughs> and so probably like two or three weeks later, in that meantime, me and my friends were coming up to my house and we were rehearsing. I didn't know oh, I was crazy. doing choreography at the time, right. but that's what I was doing. I was sick, like, management time and everything. Real like, talk. In my 10-year-old mind, but they would come over. I was the youngest of my friends, but we would come over. We would rehearse for two hours a day, and then when I see him at school, like, it was... <laughs> Zavora <Boom>. Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, we danced to Kurt Franklin Stump, 1996. Hey, oh, yeah. All yeah. of that. Absolutely. It was a little corny dance. I still remember it. But <laughs> yeah. And so at the block party, you know, basketball game is going on. Everything is live. And I'm like, yo, Pastor, mm. when can me and my friends dance? Like, we ready. He was like, oh, <laughs> You you were serious, mm-hmm. and I'm like, yeah, we ready. Like we got outfits. We rehearsed and everything. this. <laughs> said, yes, yeah. yes. And so he stopped the game, and we were basically like the halftime show, right? Nice. And at the end of it, everybody's like, yo, like who made up this dance? And here go my little hand. And so within two years, I was just going around different churches, like teaching choreography, like praise and worship. Mm-hmm. But you know, in my adult mind, educated, knowing what I was doing, I was doing choreography, like mm-hmm. I was creating dances and everything like that. But at 12 years old, somebody cut me a check. And I was like, Whoa. what? For sure. I, I didn't know I can get paid for this. Yeah. Nobody told me I can get paid for this. Like, I got to figure out how to do this for the rest of my life. Yeah. And so that kind of, like, started my journey in my dance world. Okay. But I knew I had to get out of South Carolina. Like, yeah. step one. I don't know how I'm yeah, supposed yeah. to do this, but yeah, I got to get yeah. out. <laughs> yeah. So because, like, you said, so at this time you were in Greenwood? Yeah, I was in Greenwood, South Carolina. In that community was there any like influence was there anybody so that, you could look yeah, that to that was or? gonna be my next point so i was homeschooled when i was younger mm-hmm. and for a, like a portion part of my life and both of my parents are educators like mm-hmm. i love my parents i'm grateful for what they instilled in me like my foundation has prepared me to be who i am and my mom has always been a phenomenal supporter and like whatever you want to do 
we'll figure out how to make it happen. So on the design tip, again, 12 years old, I get an epiphany like, oh, I want to make clothes. And I'm like the most tomboyish girl ever. <laughs> and there's only four women cousins on my mom's side. And for me to like make clothes was bizarre. Like what? You you an athlete? You be outside with the boys instead of all of that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> be outside with the boys. But my um, mom, coincidentally, which I don't believe in coincidence, she got all my grandmother's sewing stuff. Like she's the one that was sold the least, but she got all my grandmother's sewing stuff. And she was like, oh, well, we got all your grandma's stuff for you. And so we just prayed about it, and the Spirit just taught me how to do it. Wow. And now her blue sewing machine that was, like, dormant, it didn't work. But when I plugged it up and started working, it just started working for me. Crazy. It started working for me. And also in that time, like, another confirmation for me when my grandmother passed, like, all her items, they were like, who's going to get this? Who's going to get this? And I came out the room with her clothes, and, like, everything fit me to a T. And was like, well, I guess... Mama spoke. Like there you go. Grandma spoke. And when I'm in that place where I need to have inspiration and I'm, I'm unaware, I always call my grandmother. And, like, I feel her presence, like, to let me know. Even to the point one time I was looking for, like, what am I going to do this year for collection? My grandmother's fabric that was in a room, I unraveled it. Like, in this time I have this question, I unraveled it and pattern pieces were already laid out. And I was like, that's the piece. Like, that is the collection piece. Like, thank you, grandmother. Yeah. So, they influenced me in that capacity. And homeschool, for me, I'm an advocate for it. It taught me how to think. And I feel like sometimes public school education, depending on your teacher, will teach you, like, what to think. There you go. And so, it gave me my own mind, in addition to the fact that the parents that I have with that foundation. So, even though they didn't know what to do exactly they were just in support like i know i gotta leave yeah we traveled a lot for the summer to learn geography and history we would have to do a book report on where we want to go and i have i'm the oldest of four and we would have to pitch like we should go here because of blah 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 i didn't know i was planning trips like yeah. my parents would teach me how to do those things at a young age and then when we got there we had to bring our book reports with us to confirm or deny because my father would always say if your oppressor is writing about you he is also lying about you you have to confirm it. Wait, say that again? <laughs> if your That's oppressor is writing about you, <laughs> mm -hmm. he is also lying Jesus about God. you because yeah. he is your oppressor. Right. So I remember when we went to Hawaii, we had our book reports in hand and we just like asking all these questions. I'm like, who are these little black children? Where they come from? Like, <laughs> and why they know so much? <laughs> right, right. And why they know so much? But that's all because my parents very much so like instilled that in. So when I got to a, a age where I was like going to college, I was in high school at this time. Mm -hmm. And I remember my guidance counselor in 10th grade told me that if you didn't want to be like an athlete or have a regular job, we couldn't help you. Because at that time, like I was involved at SGA, I was doing sports, I did band, JRTC. So they're like, yo, you got all these options and you got these people who want you. I was like, yeah, but I know what I want to do. <laughs> like, I want to be an artist. Right. I'm only doing this because this is available to me and I'm going to be active and involved. But what I want is not here. I got to leave. Yeah. And he was like, what? Like, I'm confused. Well, we can't help you. And I was like, all right, I got to figure this out by myself then. And so I just went to my parents and they kind of assisted me in whatever they knew, which I'm grateful for. And part of that assistance was allowing me to be me. And that's the main thing I think they provided for me. Even though they didn't have information for me, yeah. they allowed me to be me in the sense of like, cool, you want to go to Atlanta or L.A.? I'm the oldest of four. I want to stay close to my family. That family is very important to me. So let me, if I was the youngest, I probably might have been out, you know? <laughs> That's me. <laughs> I probably been out. But um, because I'm the oldest, I wanted to be there just in case my siblings needed me too. So I went to Atlanta. Right. Boom. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. And God just ordered my steps and how that happened. Like, so that's, that's really like the, not to be esoteric, but the, 
the whimsical part of it. Yeah. And then I'm very clear about the very practical things that I did, which we can get into later right. to make these things happen. Because cool. people give out information like, oh, you got to believe in which is always true. But these are some X, Y, and Z's that you need to happen no matter what it is. Yeah. So, yeah. So Don't say nothing, please. I got to say something. <laughs> What's up? I can't. My heart is doing things. Like, I, like, okay, you might have to interject. I love you. <laughs> I'll be talk. I'm, see, I'm very yeah, for real. I'm very I'm an empath, extreme. Mm-hmm. I'm very passionate. Like when I say stuff, even to the point where people be like, "Why are you so mad?" And I'm like, "I'm not I'm mad. mad. I just yeah. know what I'm talking about, and I'm passionate about." It. I'm very I feel direct. This thing. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna like bullet point it, and then you can help elaborate because I can't talk. Um, can I cry? Okay. Yeah, go Don't ahead. cry. I just, this Be just happened. It happens with me a lot. But I I love that because as a woman, you, you touched on a lot of things, but, like, I'm going to just bullet point it. Like, I'm a mother. I have a little boy. He's four. Um, long story short, I wonder, like, my mom wants me to do certain things. Like, he got to get immunized, and he got to, you know, because she raised me. And it's like I had to figure out my boundary with that as her daughter because it's like I'm now a daughter with a mother who now has a daughter who is a mother Mm -hmm. and so you know finding that out but like me doubting myself right Uh, because my mom said it and it's no shade on my mama because she you know they doing what they want what they feel is the right thing to do but like me as a mother like I just want to raise a good human which is why I'm doing this work on myself right Right. now too Um, but I you know I want to homeschool my son and I'm and my mom's an educator too so she's like no but he need to be over here but it's like I feel like there's a certain attention like if you trust in your intuition and you give that genuine attention and love to your child that however it pans out it will be okay and that's real right so my mom will always say to me whoever you want your child to have the spirit of keep them around them the most Hmm. so she's like i want my child to have my spirit yeah so we were around them so that's real i received that and that is like i'm not gonna cry i got nuts y'all but anyway (laughs) That is confirmation for me because mm-hmm. I'm really doing this. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking about like, you know, I want to be in Atlanta and I want to do this. Everybody comes down here to do shit. Yeah. I'm doing this because like God told me to come down here. Mm-hmm. I was in North Carolina. So Are you a Carolina girl too? No, I'm from Detroit. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> I don't get no. at all. Actually. Okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> but, you know, all, that's a whole nother story, mm-hmm. but it was all God ordained. So like, you know, for you to, what you touched on is that like, it was always here mm-hmm. because the little girl that I was uh, and we talk about like fusing my brand with like going back to your inner child, mm-hmm. you know, that, that fresh, um, innocent side of you. Mm-hmm. And um, like it just it shows me that like the way I felt, the way I thought when I was a child, whether it be like I, I should give them a hug. Yeah. I should, the first time I ever sang was at a funeral mm-hmm. because God told me now I can articulate that as a grown woman. But mm-hmm. he was like, you need to go and um, sing for these people because you got it like you got to ease this and I'm like what you know I was yeah. I was three yeah. years old but like it's this is consistent mm-hmm. now and they hear the best y- you know mm-hmm. and so Real you talk. know mm-hmm. that consistency and me like detaching from whatever else that pulls me away from it and really listening to this and like there's so many things that gives me confirmation um it's like this is even more confirmation is just keep keep going you know what yeah, I'm saying absolutely. it's not that hard it's not rocket science like God gives you that inner being one. for a reason. Yeah. Do. <laughs> yeah. And also I want to talk about, I ain't cry that much because I, I thought I was going to be on the flow, but I might be on the flow with this one. But I love the fact that you honor your ancestors mm-hmm. because I tell Chris, my brand is about 
honoring mm -hmm. my ancestors and everything that made me to be who I am. Yeah. And like recently I've lost, I'm gonna say this real quick, a lot of people in my family. And um and I and I don't you I wanna honor them. You know, I don't want it to be like when the when the casket closes, excuse me y'all, but when it closes, you know, that's the end of their legacy. Mm -hmm. So, and then I even have some family members that die and people never really paid them any attention. But for yeah. me, yeah. They, they really made me who I am. I look around in their absence um, physically and I'm like, damn, you taught me how to do this. You taught me, you taught me everything. So mm -hmm. I, I want to find a way. I've been trying to find a way to honor their legacy. Um, so I really commend you for that because that's a beautiful thing and energy never dies. It's just about how you're transferring it. Mm -hmm. So I'm done, Chris. <laughs> Deborah, you no, that something? was beautiful. You yeah, wanna get you want me to get you some? I'm some all right, you know, this is an everyday thing. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I put my spray on. It's called it's called healing. Exactly. Yeah, I'm and I'm it's dedicated to it. I let yeah. the tears fall. I need to do yeah. I need to heal. That's your body's natural way to detox. Mm -hmm. When people try to hold up, I'm like you're holding it. It hurts too. Yeah. But we'll talk Actually, about that I was later. just somebody was just saying today, like that's that's one of the ways people get heart disease and all yeah. kind of stuff. Oh like if you God. try to hold that in and bottle yeah. it up, it's like, come on, man, be emotional. Mm -hmm. Like let it. It's, you're supposed to be emotional. Yeah, yeah. But no, I wanted to actually touch on the homeschool thing because I was actually homeschooled. You don't know this about what? me. I was homeschooled. <laughs> well, I was homeschooled for a period, not the whole time. But I was uh, I was homeschooled for a little while. Then I went to um, private schools. But the private school education that I did have was similar to homeschool mm -hmm, in mm -hmm. the primary years yeah. then i eventually i went to public school when i was in the 10th grade mm -hmm. so for me it's something that's very close to my heart you know what i mean like i'm and I'm, I'm actually listening to what you're saying right now thinking about so many instances where okay you're talking about a child so if you impart into this child at a young age all these different things and you start them and you start placing them in different environments to where yeah. they can get exposed to see this and that. It's like, wow, okay, this person is gonna be a well rounded human being because Absolutely. they actually have seen it, they've understood it, or they've mm -hmm. had time to process it in their own way. Yeah. And it's like, okay, that's that's something that I'm big on. And and just this week alone, I've already had several conversations with other people talking about like, okay, in the past three years, I've had to adjust the way that I learn. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, cause I used to learn, um, Maybe it was more so by like, okay, I have to like actually do something or if you just present me the information, I'm going to just read it and like find out what it is. But not, like, no, you have to learn how you learn, you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Like as an individual and everybody learns it in a different way and it helps them to be able to like express and helps them to be able to like grasp on the things and like move Absolutely. in a certain way. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that that's really a viable resource you know what i'm saying and you get that resource more so like when you're having those one-on-one -on -one interactions with like homeschool mm -hmm. or whatever the setup may be you know what i'm saying like people who actually take time to care and take time to to impart into this child like that's where you can get that and like Absolutely. you said sometimes sometimes at public schools not all but sometimes it's like it's more so like y'all are numbers we got to move you through you know what i'm saying like mm -hmm. I, gotta, I gotta get to my next class i gotta go mm -hmm. Take lunch, eat the salad. You know what I'm saying. Whatever yeah, it is. And honestly, don't be a chocolate drop in a in a, a different kind of environment yeah. because, you know, they held my sister back. Yeah. She they put this girl in remedial classes like where they had the gummy, uh, the little baby proof doorknob. Yeah. Really? Because of like yeah, racist stuff. Like you want to know? I would like to know mm -hmm. that my child is truly being nurtured. If I'm yeah. entrusting you, you gotta advocate for your yeah, child. Yeah, I, I used to be a uh, advocator. Yeah, but um, an educator for uh, B through K. 
Okay. And I used to see how the girls there, they just, like, would talk so much junk about the kids. If you and had that's energy. Oh, my God. But they that. had been there for 10 years. And the, that center uh, prided themselves in the length of time that the people had worked there. But for me, all the parents were like, it didn't matter if they was Polish, Indian, uh, Spanish. It did not matter. They were like, yo, can you babysit for us? My, my six-month-old never responds like this when I pick her up with the other lady. But she's happy. She, I'm like, yeah. You know, and like I seen them talk about children. So for if I, as a mother now, if somebody yeah. is uh, saying any of the things, one of the uh, women was like, the, one of the little boys, he was a little, a lot, you know, but so what? You know, meet him where he's at. Yeah. Right. And he's like, hi, it's the cutest little thing at snack time. She said, eat your food, you little demon. If that were me, if, if I were a mother, I would probably like take her head off. So for me, I'm just like, let me nurture. And honestly, I'm having like a revelation right now because I've been, I prayed about like, Lord, am I going to homeschool? Like, mm -hmm. how am I going to do this? But it's okay. Like, I'm capable of doing it. And honestly, I wanna, I'm going to ask y'all a question too because you just brought up like, and you did too, uh, thinking for yourself. Mm -hmm. And I remember looking at a, a Janae Aiko interview and she was talking about how she was homeschooled mm -hmm. and how she would just be out learning from life. Like to be outside looking at a flower and being like, I wonder how that flower got its color. You know, just trying to break it down. So for my son right now, he's very smart. He knows multiplication, addition, subtraction. Um, he knows the body. He knows how it functions. He knows all his instruments. He's very talented. He could play. I'm just saying that. <laughs> but he death. He's talking about death now, right? Mm -hmm. And when we had like a lot happen um, in my family, like back to back to back. The last thing being January. His birth. My baby's birthday is January 21st. Mm -hmm. So we were driving to a funeral on his birthday. And um, for him, you know, you can't hide certain things for so long, especially yeah. kids are very smart. It's yeah. just very a matter perceptive. of them articulating yeah. it to you. But, you know, we on the flow crying and looking crazy and all that and everything's every which way. And he's just looking and I never told him. And then I take him and he see the body or whatever. And I never told him like, yo, they not coming right. You know, none of that. And one day he told me, it was like months later, he was like, mommy, you were crying because Uncle Bay Charles died and he went to heaven. And you were sad. And I'm like, who told you that? all of that? You know, yeah. nobody ever had. So now he's like talking about death because he's been watching, I don't know, something he got to see on YouTube where it was like those cartoons that are a little naughty mm -hmm. when it comes to like their conversation. And I don't like that. But he's now he's talking about death. So he's like, yeah, my little stuffed animal friend, he's dead. And he's dead and blah, blah, blah. And they're going to go to. And like for me at first, I. You know, your knee-jerk reaction is like, don't scold him, but like, don't talk about that. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But I'm like, no, calm down. You know, he's not he's not saying that he wants to die. But the other day he was like, he talked about killing himself. But he was, I, he didn't know what he was talking about. And he was like, so I can go to heaven. So I'm like, he's figuring this out. And I can't lie to him about it. Like, it's mm -hmm. not a thing because he's yeah. seen it as a young child. So as two people newly found out that you were homeschooled but anyway mm -hmm. like that we're homeschooled and you have the the tools to like think on your own um what do you how do you think i should approach that because i i know it's not as bad as it seems and i know he's a thinker so mm -hmm. what what is your your stance on that okay so what i would say is i, I think that you should pray first oh for sure and then you should talk to your son well i'll say this i think and i'm not a father you know what i'm saying i'm not a parent or anything like that but I would say that you should talk to the people who are in your circle who are with your son at the times that you're not there mm -hmm. and just say, hey, this is what happened. You know what I'm saying? This is what I'm thinking that 
you know, we should do to kind of like set up parameters to where, okay, we need him to be exposed to the truth of life. However, not all at one time, not all at like one that. time. Cause you, he's how he's fresh four, four. four. Mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? It's like, you kind of got to be careful with that. So I would say, um, talk to your people, but set up parameters and, and, but you, you do need to, t- I think in my opinion, I think you should tell him like, okay, this is what this is. This is why we shouldn't say that because if you, what you're saying is a real thing. Mm-hmm. And people do that, and it's not actually what you think it is. Yeah, well, you know, who you want your child to be like, you know, have them around. What was it? Like, whoever you want your child's whoever spirit. Whoever spirit to- you want your child to attain, that's who you have them around. Exactly. Yeah. And that's, I mean, the parameters are set, but it's a matter of me, like, being on him and guiding him a little bit. But mm-hmm. freely, you know, allowing him to freely decide. But Yeah, because he's going to see he's gonna see stuff, and he's going to hear stuff. When when he's not in your presence, regardless, you know what yeah. I mean. But you you just have to put your best foot forward and always like you know what I'm saying like have a guidance from you know the spirit or whatever, helping you to help him to like make sure that you're in, you're putting him in front of the right things. You know what I mean. And like if there's anything that you know, okay, there's a chance that he may come in contact with this. Mm-hmm. Maybe at some point in time, say, hey, this is what this is, but. This is how we go about handling it. You're you're a young man coming up in the world. This is what you need to do to be, you know, prepare for this or you know those types of things. Yeah, he's but you poor, can't hide stuff listen. forever. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Zavora. Yes. So I am a believer in all things. Like if children are inquiring about it, it's mm-hmm. because some information has been dropped down. So be it like on sex, yeah. relationships personal information life or death so i'm very open with children like i'm very open with my nieces and nephews when they ask questions you know being mindful of the parents like again i don't have any children but when it comes to communicating with younger minds i am always on the side of honesty right and always inquiring like asking them questions like well, yeah. like what do you know about it like how do you feel like well how do you think babies are made mm-hmm. you know yeah. like and understanding yeah. the circle of life so i can have a grasp on where their understanding is but also where i could take it mm-hmm. for a safe route right. you know being mindful of all parties involved so when it comes to the death situation i know i have a different relationship with death because i still talk to my ancestors now mm. and so death is not something that i fear mm. but i understand it so I always try to talk to children not in a place of fear. And I think sometimes parents come off like talking, but they're communicating fear versus like communicating love, communicating life mm-hmm. and like how things work. I'm at a place right now where I'm losing my institutionalized relationship with mm-hmm. the world, mm-hmm. spiritually and physically, because mm-hmm. I was never there. Mm-hmm. But I like I came from the gospel industry, like heavy, like gospel. So they were always like, you got to do this, this, this and this and this. Right. And if you do or feel like this, it's wrong. Yeah. And that, that was wrong. So even with like that type of thing, I'm just trying to um, like with death. Because I was I was talking to a friend the other day, like I don't want to get uh, be afraid of the fact that my people getting old and you know and or that people left because I had some pillars in my family that mm-hmm. transition. Mm-hmm. It's and it was a beautiful thing. And even though like you know you see the the absence of what you once knew, um, like it's still a beautiful thing. I don't believe our Creator brought us here to you know conjure up all this beautiful energy the things that make us cry tears of joy or love and all this and then it just evaporate right, right, right. so i'm like <clears throat> learning what that is because mm-hmm. my ancestors whether i like was trying to get away from the instant 
institutionalized mindset, they're talking to me anyway. Mm -hmm. They talked to me before, you know, but because I, I took time. I felt the transition in my life coming. It was like around quarantine. This, we're not going to talk all about this, but <laughs> now I can say that I felt it coming in my spirit to where it's like, you're going to know exactly what's going on with you. You're going to know when things are coming. And you're going to know that it's nothing to fear. So I'm just, it's, it's a learning experience for me as well. But I do feel like I'm on the right path by just being open to receiving that, mm -hmm. you know. Um, and I don't feel like it is scary. I don't feel like death is scary either. I, I have a lot of healing that I need to bleh, do because I can barely talk without my voice trembling. Mm -hmm. But I have been putting <laughs> putting it to the side and in a healthy way, not like suppressing it and being like, it's not there, but like a guy got me on his mission to do this. I got to knock this out. I've dealt with a lot of other trauma enough to be able to eat this. And then when I get to a space, I can mm -hmm. actually find a healthy way to deal with it so i'm like eagerly like awaiting that but it's all good i don't want this to be about me but i just needed a little advice on death no it's cool it, it, it works uh, yeah it's just we talk about in the street house you know I'm right. I'm <laughs> telling you, just, i do it anyway on a regular day so what's the what's uh what is your favorite pl place that you've traveled oh yeah uh, Always Mother Africa. Okay, Always the continent. Yeah. Okay. Always the continent. <laughs> How many times have you been there? I've been there three times. Where? Yeah, I've been there three times. Like the regular places, South Africa, Cape Town, like all down South Africa. Um, yeah. I was supposed to go to Nigeria in 2020, but of course, COVID happened. My right. work is supposed to be featured in a festival there. In 2019, I wrote down my 2020 goals were to present my fine artwork in an international capacity as mm -hmm. well as a domestic capacity and COVID hit and all those canceled like yeah. sure plans were done data so I mean are you still in oh go ahead yeah no, hopefully ahead. hopefully I was like hopefully you know when the world opens back up officially again where we can go to places where you need your visa I'll be able to submit my work again in Nigeria and then go to Kenya as well and yeah. get some stuff up I there. got some yeah. Ghana connects my cousin yeah. she has a couple bed and breakfasts in Ghana all of, education, of that. All of that. So I'm trying to be down with all of that. And then I also have a travel company, which is called Black Time Travelers. Okay. And our logo is them. What's your superpower? Us traveling black through time. Ooh. Wait, so, wait, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> what you mean? So Black Time Travelers, with the nature of my profession, I'm always around the world. And I remember when I went to South Africa, the homies from Black and Abroad, Eric was like, yo, Deborah, why don't you start a travel company? I was like... You know, I started in 2020, unbeknownst what 2020 was going to be, right? Yep. <laughs> he was like, why? Just do it now. He's like, you already traveling. You already book trips for people. Like, when you go places, you highlight black black organizations, yeah. black all, money. All like, together. He's like, you're already doing it. Just legitimize it. And I was like, you know what? You're right. As soon as I get back to the States, I'm going to do that. Yeah. And so, literally... When I got back, I got an LLC. I did my business paperwork, all the other stuff. And right. I came up with black time travelers because I always call myself a time traveler because you go through different time zones That's within true. hours. Yeah. And I'm black and I wanted to be And wow. black time travelers is catered towards because I'm from the Carolina girl. Most of my friends don't have their passports. And most of my friends have never been outside of the country, right. let alone like really outside of the state. Or like they go to Miami, Myrtle Beach, you know, yeah. Vegas, the usuals, the the regular, you know, the regular, <laughs> no shade. Um, uh, respectfully, right. you planning a trip right now, right? Um, so my goal for Black time travelers is to identify these people in the southeast who have never been outside of their own backyard okay. to promote for them to travel, even though it's open to everybody. Yeah. yeah. But when I go back home, like, yo, you got your passport? 
hey, I'm about to go here. Come with. Because statistically, they say people who travel are smarter. It's not because you're smarter. It's just you have ex- exposure to mm-hmm. different things. Yeah. So if I communicate with people in Spanish in Colombia and mm-hmm. I see Afro-Colombian people, black, oh, this is what the diaspora looks like around the world. Mm-hmm. If I'm going to South Dakota and North Dakota, I'm meeting with the indigenous people of the land. And I'm in their homes touching the mud like oh this is what they're talking about in class or when I come back to school and I'm telling like yeah I've been to Hawaii they do and my teacher's like no you haven't and I'm like say less I'm gonna bring my VHS next right. week and we're gonna pop this VHS when they have VHS this VHS tape and I'm gonna show oh, you back in the day this back in the day like uh-huh. I'm gonna show you so you've been doing this. what Hawaii looks like yeah. for black people in my family so it's always been a part of my culture right. like like I told you, we had to do book reports and plan trips. I was already doing that thanks to my father when I was younger. So me doing these things now, it's like, God, I've, I've been doing this. So when he said that to me in South Africa, I was like, you're right. It's no reason why I should not do that. So black time travelers, what's your superpowers? We say traveling black through time. I so, love oh, that. So that's your, uh, yeah, I was trying that's to understand the logo. Yeah. The okay, logo is, is very simple, but that's like our, our saying. It's dope, captivating, dope, dope. too. Mm-hmm. Like, honestly, I was 18. My sister, she's like the well traveled she she's the scholar and I'm mm-hmm. the creative mm-hmm. and so and I we both used to dance I actually miss dance but she was like that was her thing and I was a singer but um she was she studied abroad and went to Maturata Italy mm-hmm. uh she was 19 I was 18 and my mom wanted to go my granny wanted to go they're like let's make it because my mom has made sure that we are we are well traveled but we never been out like the country like that we mm-hmm. went to Mexico but um so they go, they want to go. My aunt, she wants to go too. And I'm like, I will have fun. She's like, I don't want to go by myself. Will you go? My dumb butt at 18 was like, no, I don't know about that other country. What's over? Like, just ignorant. Just everything <laughs> ignorant you could say. So she bribed me. She paid me $100. It was 50 euros when we got there. I'm like, damn, like, learn that. Uh-huh. Um, but I went to the Basilica. I went to the Vatican. I went, I saw Rome and like I saw the commercial spots, but then I saw the village of Monterrada yeah. and, I, and I got to experience Change the whole perspective. What? I didn't know, like, our, your interpretation of beauty here is okay. But going to Italy, and this is, because no shade, I ain't been to the motherland yet, mm-hmm. so I can only imagine. But like going there and seeing their architecture and like I can I didn't even take pictures but it's it embellished in my mind like you cannot imagine that so mm-hmm. it is really good to throw yourself out there and go mm-hmm. see what's going on in this yeah I don't world. know anybody who traveled and was like oh I don't want to do that no more yeah <laughs> like nobody says that you like, shouldn't I don't want to go out the country I don't want to experience other things in life that's right. not a thing I just want to make sure that they like black people over there Montreal mm-hmm. cool though but here's the thing everywhere I've been in the world everybody loves black people like it's racism is present everywhere like let's yeah, be clear yeah and they're always copying black culture like yeah and when i say black culture i'm talking about the indigenous i'm talking about the african i'm talking about our skin tone that connects us all around the world like right. no matter what out here in the language if you look like me i'm considering you to be family because of your skin mm-hmm. tone the treatment of black people is the way it is but the worst treatment i've seen of black people have been in america like, yeah, has been in America. It's crazy. Yeah. That's good. That's good to know. Yeah, even like Harlem Renaissance. Why did all these black people go to Paris and Europe? Right, because they were paying right. artists 
for their time. Like yeah, they were, allowed, they were appreciating. Them. Yeah, they were appreciating. So James Baldwin, Josephine Baker was like, I'm out because mm-hmm. over so here, Langston Hughes, like Black all Bottom, of them, all of that. Detroit had a place called Black Bottom, mm-hmm. and it's now a freeway. But um, you know, we had a lot of wealth over there, business, whatever you try to do, Rosewood, yeah. they'll burn that shit down yeah. over here. So mm-hmm. of course, you know, yeah, that makes sense. It's good it's to a reoccurring thing. Yeah, people people don't actually know that it happened like outside of Tulsa. Yeah. Tulsa wasn't the only place that this happened. Like it this is happening like basically every we were all coming. Yeah. And we all have, and it's no shade to anybody. Affluent black people. Yes. It's, yeah, yeah but it's just in us, you mm-hmm. know. And then we get together, and you, it's just take one or two people, you know. And That's what they're cool. scared of. Affluent black people, like who are thinking on the people. same wavelength. Yeah. And oh, y'all like, making okay. money? Yeah. Hold on. So let's continue to strip them down, though, <laughs> you know, and just throw stuff in there. But I think people are waking up. That's why I say at this mm-hmm. point, twenty twenty one. If you ain't waking up a little bit after like 2020 and something is just anything that's just not it can't you can't be thinking the same. Yeah. Right. You know, it's got to be a deeper calling for you because that's why like people are like burning their sage. <laughs> like I can't buy sage at my little corner store because it's always bought out. People are really seeking healing, whether mm-hmm. they want to like say it or they got to spend some time with themselves. And you realize yeah. some things about yourself. Yeah. Like, Whoa. But that quarantine did that for me. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad that's a lot of what they call it, like shadow work, like. Mm-hmm. A lot. It's necessary. Yeah. It was necessary. I mean, yeah. it, it's like you got to take that time because a lot of people were moving around so fast without taking the time to actually like reflect on like, what am I presenting to the world? But I, not even that. Just what more am so I like to myself. Exactly. Mm, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, am I, I got to deal with you? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I got to deal with me at the end of the day. And it's ugly no too. It, it don't. It is not pretty. Mm-hmm. It's not pretty. But, you know, it's, it's not pretty, like, realizing that you're feeding yourself BS, you mm-hmm. know, over time. So, And I yeah. talk to people about their diet all the time. So I'm very, again, my profession, traveling, being a dancer, I'm very concerned. Like, my first in- health insurance is what I put into my body, mm-hmm. right? How I eat. And I'm an advocate for eating towards your blood type. Mm-hmm. And two of the things that changed my life was, one of the things was doing a water fast for 14 days where I drink nothing but water. And I remember each year I like to, you know, consecrate in the sense of like, God, how am I giving of myself today? Like, how do I get this flesh under subjection, like building my spirit, man? And so I always do a fast. And so we do it as a group. And when everybody was talking, I was like, dang, how y'all fast is how I naturally eat. Like, what else could I do right now? Like, because doing juice for two weeks is nothing like <laughs> I could do that all day and I was like dang the only thing I could do right now is just water yeah. and I was like ooh am I about to do that <laughs> and so I googled it and did my research and talked to one of my homegirls um, Claudette Ortiz beautiful spirit and she was like yes girl water fast and she kind of just gave me the game and so I was like cool I'm about to do it so I did my first water fast when I was on tour actually Oof. yeah yeah I was wow. um, doing costumes. Were you still active? Yeah, I was doing costuming on tour. Oh. I wasn't dancing. Oh, okay. I was, I was, doing, say, yeah, like, I was doing costumes. Did you walk? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. And so I did water for 14 days. When I say it literally changed my life. How so? In the sense, okay, giving game. Stage one, one through three. First day through your third day, your body goes through the natural process of detoxing, like you're getting the sugars out your body, you're having headaches and migraines because yeah. you're like flushing your system out. And also, like you have a lot of eliminations because the water's just pushing everything out. Stage two, you got your four through like six, seventh day. Everybody is different. Your body goes into like a stage of keto. Okay. And you're tapping in because your body typically would have food to give you energy, but, mm-hmm. like, you're not giving your body any food for right. energy. So now it's, like, am I going for this fat or am I not going? Like, tell us what we should do. 
right? And so your body's adjusting to that, but you're past the stage of headaches and stuff where you're like, okay, I have energy right now. I'm calm. Mm -hmm. You're reserved. You want to be mindful of your movement too because your body needs you to go to sleep. It needs you to rest so it can do the natural surgery because our body right. naturally detox at night anyway. At but night, if you're yeah. only getting four or two, three hours of sleep, you're not allowing your body to go through a full eight hours of that circle to push everything out. Stage three, you're hitting like six to seven, seven, six to eight days. That's when your body immediately like responds like, okay, we in this thing seven days. And most people fast for seven days, which is fine. And I tell people the real work happens on that eighth to tenth day. Because your body has fully eliminated all the toxins out of its body. Your colon is cleansed. And most people don't clean out their colon. Like people, plus in their 30s, they got all this toxic waste in their colon. You got like 5 to 10 pounds of just bowel in your system. Mm -hmm. And so when people come to me, because I do juices. I have a juice company called Vital Fluids. Girl. And I do juices <laughs> towards your blood type. Yes. And so when people come to me, I always ask them, like, what are you eating? Mm -hmm. Like, how do you feel? And what's going on? Like, what are you putting in your body emotionally, mentally, and spiritually? Because those are the things that really make you sick. Like, that's why you're sick because of what you're eating. And all this other stuff is, are effects. Like, you're probably sick. Like, what is your work environment? Like, are you unhappy? Right. Because all these emotional things will also add to your sickness. It so we start it. from there first. And as we're doing your blood type, we eliminate certain things with fasting. And so when your colon is clean... Like, you feel lighter naturally because all that energy you had in you, all that toxic, that waste, is also out of you, too. So now you get to deal with you, mm. right? And so the water, just like you would put water into a plant, you're doing nothing but nourishing your soul at the moment. Like, just your soul is hydrated, mm. hydrated, hydrated. And so when you hit that 8th to 10th day, your weight drops. Like, immediately you see a visceral response in your skin, your nails, your hair. Everything is growing, because that's what it's supposed to do. Right. And then when you hit the 10th through the 12th, 15th, I did, the longest one I did was like 16 days, your body immediately starts to heal itself. Why? Because it literally has nothing else to do but to heal itself. And that's amazing how that process happens. Yes. Like, what if we did that naturally all the time, all the time right. with our body? Like, if we were mindful all the time of what we ate, if we were mindful all the time of what we put into, like, what we hear, what we see, our communication, your body begins to heal itself naturally and that's what it was doing in the physical mm -hmm. but also external like my actions begin to change my mental capacity now from doing a, a 14 16 day water fast when i came out i was like yo i can do anything because food is our lowest denominator of ourselves like people were succumb to sugar people were succumb yeah. to not being able to control like oh do i want that or not but when you control that everything else becomes easy that's like, true and everything else became easy to me to say, like, scars were healing up on my body. Like, my vision became better. All those different things. And I also saw a change when I started implementing meat back into my diet. Okay. So when I do the two weeks of water fasting, I do the next two weeks of just doing juice. Okay. Right? Because you want to rebuild your cellular structure at that point. So not only you eliminate toxins, you want to be mindful about what you're putting back into your body. Right. And then the next month, I eat raw. So I'm eating raw. And then after that, I do like eating towards my blood type with the meats and stuff that work for my body gotcha. for a regimen of like normalcy. Like, how can I do this and sustain this for my life? But I've literally had like two and a half months of me just building my body. up. Yeah. So imagine what that does to my spirit, man. Imagine what that does to my physical person. And that's hard to go back <laughs> to what you used to do after you had that type of experience. Because it's like, you know, now. Yeah. It was like, oh, like this don't even taste the same. This is yeah. really life. Yeah. Like, this is right. like. 
really me yeah oh yeah this is how i function on my higher self like why would i want to go back to that and everybody who's like really been intentional about it and really did the fast because mm-hmm. right now we're doing a fast now and we have about 10 or 10 or 12 people with it but the people who are intentional about it i can tell the difference in the communication when i talk like i just gotta check up on them like every three days like hey on the fifth day hey and i'm, I'm seeing progressively and i could tell if people are doing the fast just from the conversation like well, your conversation is like, different you eating hot cheetos yeah like <laughs> your conversations and there's no judgment there because everybody's path is their own path but i because i've been through it i already know if you're doing it or not that's right but wherever you are i'm gonna meet you where you are like if you feel comfortable for five days okay where, where are you in the process right now like what stage um are you i am on day seven so i've been doing this water fast for years at this moment so i do it twice a year um and then on my second time like second year doing the water fast my body already knew like what what to do what would happen in 14 days now happens for me like within three to five days incredible or whatnot because i have nothing to clear out like my colon is clean every year so it's not years of cleaning out it's literally like months of cleaning out so my body's like oh this is what we doing now boom yeah let's get it together this okay boom yeah like dang I'm feeling X, Y, and Z, or I need to prepare for whatever. And then I can work out while I fast now because my body has obtained a certain level of tolerance, like, to know how we function in a capacity. That's cool. That's beautiful. I actually, like, put out into the atmosphere, like, for real. Well, it's been out there, but, you know, when you want to make those type of lifestyle changes, you cannot be playing with that you know it's, it's either this or that so yeah. mentally you got to get there and so it's been a long time for me to like mentally make the decision like all right i'm ready to make that that choice but now it's like not only do i feel like my life depends on it because ultimately it does mm-hmm. but like i could be functioning in my true self which i desire mm-hmm. to do every day and mm-hmm. i'm actually trying to get to her mm-hmm. every day but i'm like not doing like it's like there's here's the equation right here to get to her. Right, right. She's literally right here. It's work, right? Yeah, it is. But but I'm over here like looking for love in all the wrong places, mm-hmm. if you will. So, what did you have? To, I don't know because you were raised a little different. But like, what did you have to do to get your mind to that point where you're like, all right, I'm about to drink water for two weeks. Well, like like growing up homeschool is very like he was saying that point earlier. Like you have I was homeschooled until like elementary age when we moved to a different place my father put us back in public or put us in public school education mm-hmm. but I've already had like 8 to 10 years of a foundation of when how to think right yeah. exactly exactly so some things were just instilled in me and also growing up in a house where we were very intentional on like write the vision make it plain mm-hmm put things out like this is what we're fasting from and not always being fasting from food like we're gonna fast from tv tv or whatever but even on a personal step we're gonna fast from your attitude like you're gonna be mindful interesting what your first started my mom always said like the power of life is in the tongue like you gotta speak those things the board like i know this happened but the next word that you say at your mouth would dictate the rest of this situation and i'll be like Mess you up. <laughs> uh, yeah. She was like, so be mindful. I understand you're upset, but watch your words. Like, you going to speak life to this or not? Because you're always, no matter what anybody else does, Deborah, you're held accountable for how you respond. Mm-hmm. Like, you can be justified and you can be right, but that's still on you to be accountable for your words. Like, yeah. okay, they did this to you. How are you going to respond, though? Right. Like, and 
that eliminates me being a victim in any situation. That elim- eliminates me from being powerless. Like, no, I understand it's not looking good for me, but I still have power in this. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I control this tongue. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't have to do X, Y, and Z, or I can't respond to you, and I'm justified for cussing you out. But mm-hmm. that's on me at the mm-hmm. end of the day. And so I'm very mindful in any relationship in that capacity of being mindful of those words, which also dictates my action like i was just speaking out no 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 you weren't just speaking because it's out there now it's out and if and if it's out there you got to do the work to make sure it eliminates in the atmosphere right. because you got to speak those positive things into it so because now it's tangible now mm. it's tangible and and my mom will always be like he is listening to you the universe is listening to you the elements because we're all energy and spirit are listening to you so when you say these things they're going to act according on your behalf right. and so i begin to understand the power in the tongue but like my words have like i believe that my words have power so therefore the universe believes that my words have power and i believe that it's all acting on my behalf so if i believe in myself that much i gotta be on this you know tip and part of that is my mental capacity and i knew that if i want my mental capacity a certain way i have to get this flesh under the good you know because i'm going to be in situations where i need to have compassion and grace yeah when outside looking in i don't have to have no compassion and grace and then sometimes when you meet people and they having bad days, I'm like, yo, that don't got nothing to do with this don't person. Don't even know me. Yeah. And I remember having a situation like in a random coffee shop and this girl said something slick to me. And I was with another um, lady that day because we were supposed to be meeting. And I, like she just kept on coming at me. And I, just, I was like, are you OK? And she just like paused, yeah. <laughs> like pause. I'm like, are you OK? And she's like tears. And I just gave her a hug. Like I just gave her a hug. And she just like, cried in my arms. And the lady who was there with me, she like, why did you do that? I was like, this woman mm. don't know me. Right. Like, she don't have no reason to have an attitude with me. But whatever was going on, I was her point yeah. of anger at that moment. So instead of me giving her that same energy, let me let me check in with you, sis. Like, are you okay? But there was also something about you on the flip side that drew her to you. So it, it all worked. When people Probably because... Um, I just want to say, when people don't realize... Some people that aren't so sure of themselves or whatever, mm-hmm. and they have somebody that's spent a lot of time like establishing who they are, so when you walk into a room, you already know who you are, mm-hmm. and you handle yourself accordingly, and that sometimes intimidates people's energy or their You're spirit, right. and, and they either they react crazily like that, or they might shy away, but mm-hmm. it all comes out in the end. Are you okay? I was also going to say, you know how they, the saying goes, you attract those... You attract to you what basically what you put out that kind of thing so it's like what if that woman came to you because even without her like physically no or mentally knowing about it you were prepared for her Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. i'm saying to act like that because you were going to react in a certain way that was going to help her to heal you know Mm -hmm. what i'm saying Mm -hmm. and it's like she didn't even know it but she needed that yeah and and the woman that was with me too she was like Wow, teaching would, moment. She's like, cause yeah. I would have cussed her out. Like teaching moment. Yeah. She don't know. I was like, yeah, she don't know me. Right. Like it works the other way too. Perspective. Like, yeah, like you don't know me. So why would I be offended for somebody who doesn't know and me? You right. did not receive anything. Yeah. Like no, I don't. I don't have to. It bounced off of you. Yeah. But like it takes time. You gotta spend time with yourself. Cause a lot of us will be, you know, preaching like, yeah, I spend a lot of time with myself. I'm zen, I burn my sage. But, you know, God's still working on me. I will cuss you out if you, I will. But don't nobody control me, though. Like, yeah. uh, uh, who, are right. you sure? Really? Like, what's going on? Like, you can consistently know better, but if you're not doing better, it's not making the connection. Yeah. So doing that, part of that for me is fasting. Mm-hmm. And when you're not eating for two weeks, you have a lot of time again to deal with yourself and the work and the mental capacity because... 
you're really up here like, dang, I'm hungry, but I'm not going to give into it. All right, let me right. try to fill my time up with this or something like that. And then after a while, you don't got nothing else to do but spend time with yourself. And I'm like in full production mode. So being with my parents, having those foundations and wanting a better self, like wanting a person who was a healed person, who is a healed person, who's a person who's compassionate, who has grace, like all those different things, being who I want to have in my life. Part of that for right. me is like, I need to fast. I need yeah. to fast and pray. Yeah. I, it's crazy that you're saying this, and it's like it's 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 confirmation for me because right now I'm in a I'm in I'm at the point where, you know, I was you know you've seen my whiteboard before you know like yeah. I've got all my <laughs> stuff kind of laid out. Yes. I haven't been doing that, and I've been kind of kicking myself because. Well, okay, I'll say this: in the past week or so, I've been getting back to that. But I'm not all the way in it yet. But that, like, what I'm talking about is, like, just my food regimen and everything. Mm-hmm. So, like, the way that I eat, it literally does everything that you just explained. Yeah. Like, and I'm, I'm not even fasting necessarily, like, with a water fast. But eating any like that is fasting. a fast. Yeah, because yeah, it's like I have to constantly tell myself, if I'm eating at this time and I'm supposed to be eating at this time and then that's it for the day. Or if I only have one meal a day and it's this, that is, is work. Like, you mm-hmm. have to, like be talking to yourself like okay it's active engagement with yourself but it also keeps it 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 helps you to like stay focused on like your goals and say Mm -hmm. okay i'm not gonna let my mind get distracted and be thinking about pop tarts you know what i'm saying like (laughs) i'm gonna think about like okay i'm working on this because i have a goal Mm -hmm. and i'm also training myself to be disciplined so i can be disciplined in every other aspect of my life and i can move forward you know what i mean and when you work on your food everything even when women become natural most of them if it's external, when you start thinking about, like, y'all want to be natural, it re- it's reflective in how you eat. Or if you start, like, this is what I want to eat, blah, blah, it's reflective. It starts being reflective in other places, too. Like, it's a ripple effect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's it's hard to do that and not ripple to other parts of your life, even to the company that you keep. And then you right. realize, like, when I started eating towards my blood type, like, I haven't been sick in 10 years, right? Good. And before then, I was always a healthy person, but I would get the seasonal, like, cough, ha, ha, ha. But when I understood my blood type... I knew how to fight these diseases that were coming before they even came. So, therefore, my body has eliminated it because it's an alkaline environment. But it's also reflective, like, I am preparing my spirit before these things even come. So, I'm already prepared before. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just reflective. I'm like, why wouldn't you? Because this makes sense. Like, why wouldn't you want? I like this elevated living. I would say, and I know, again, everybody's different. But I think that a lot of the, what the media perpetrates into the into the atmosphere and they showing you all these things and they say oh come get this we have the meats you know what I'm right. saying? Like every, <laughs> everything looks so good it looks yeah. like the grass is green on the other side but it's mm-hmm. like really if you take the time or even if you were just exposed to the knowledge of like yo yeah. this is a leaf bro and if you eat this you know what i'm saying this will yeah, happen you yeah. know what i'm saying like if you Exposure, were exposed to that also execution of the knowledge is important you, and, yeah you got it and once you execute the knowledge once your mind is open, once your eye is open, it's really, really hard to go back and do it. Even if you go back and do it, you're not comfortable as right. where you as you were but before. But that's okay though, because at that point you're like, "What am I mad about? Like, I'm, what what am I missing? Like early death? <laughs> like, what, <laughs> what am I doing? You know, like, oh, and I already did it, and I'm here. It's just a part of growing up and maturing. Yeah. And for me, my relationship with food. I used to be like a little chubby girl. Like my face used to be round and stuff my whole life. And then long story short, I had my baby. My weight went up 
because I used to like to work out and stuff. And I have an aunt who's like a vegan. She's a medical practitioner. So she's all about like natural healing. But I always aspire to that. And so more recently in my life, last maybe five or six years, like, you know, went through a lot of depression. And so I was in, and I was in a bad relationship. So my weight dropped the lowest. I was like 120. Mm-hmm. And I've always been a, a 280 type of gal. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now, like the last couple of years, it's been going up and down, up and down. And so now, because I've been trying to watch myself, because I also want to know what to attack, you know, yeah. that needs to go away. So I give my, I take the pressure off myself and I see what are you doing? What are your patterns? What are your urges? And so I don't eat. I, will, I don't have to eat. Mm-hmm. And like I've been homeless before, and I've like all my trauma comes up, and I just I, my work ethic. I eat off my work ethic, or I eat my work, yeah, you yeah. know. And then I'll be like, "Girl, you starting to feel like shit. You should probably eat." No, but I gotta do this because if I don't do this, and it's like I, I have these conversations every day, like you should eat. But then it's like I don't want to eat that, but I would. Do I want to eat this? Because I'll eat fruit, like I'll eat like a rabbit all day. Yeah. But it's just about like putting yourself in that environment, so. For me, it's like I know that I don't have to eat food, mm-hmm. but I want to have my mental there. And I also know that I want to I want to cleanse my body. Like I'm yeah. literally taking mental notes and we're going to talk after this. But anyway, <laughs> but like I just I'm trying to get to and I am I'm going to watch my words too. like at the point where it's like execution. You know what I'm saying? Like you want it really bad. It's, it's, it's keeping you up at night. It's making yeah. you feel low and it doesn't have to because now you know you're capable. So like it's about taking a step. So yeah, absolutely. I'm going to see sure. what happens because I ain't got to I ain't got to eat nothing. But I mean, you got to eat. <laughs> I mean, water for two weeks. Oh, to try that? Yeah, yeah. I'm doing it. Try it. Yeah. I'm doing sure. it. I want a total flush. I want a reset. And my son, too. It'll change your life. Yeah. change your life. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay, cool. So wow. we're going to wrap up in a minute. Oh Hold on. I want to give you all something. No, you don't. Yes, oh, I do. Oh, my God. Yeah. My mother always said when you go in people's homes, you always bring them gifts. Oh. So Very this cool. is my body butter. It's called Old Butter. I'm going to let y'all look. It's three different smells, so y'all can pick. And I brought one for your um, your guy. I know he's handling some stuff, so oh, give him some good JJ. energy. You can open it, I, smell it, see which ones you like, you know. I have a, a hard time with accepting gifts. Let's actually gift take some time to look at the packaging. I just want to write it. Yeah. Ah, you better. Okay. Did you break the box? No, I opened the box. Okay. Be ginger. Be ginger? Yes. <laughs> Oh, this is this is beautiful. so. Which one do you have? Lavendula butter. La- so that's the lavender smell. Oh, I was gonna go get some shea butter today, and that's what the lemongrass. Yes. Cool, cool, cool. What do you like? Are you a lemongrass type of gal? I mean, guys. Yeah, like go me. ahead and smell them. Yeah, I'll, I'll like. smell that, but I'm definitely lavender. <laughs> I feel like Dion Cole. The right like, yeah. I'm just saying. Men have skin too, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> like it all. You got it? I don't want to break it. Please. You, look, with my nails over here. <laughs> it would hurt. I mean, you could break it. I mean, or not. It's yours. Well, not anymore. Who did the uh, packaging for you? Um, So, Pacola. They're not giving me no advertising money. So <laughs> <laughs> Some people. Right. Some people. Some, Ooh, some cats. Lord yeah, some cats. Jesus. I need to find out. I'm, look, I'm trying to find black on everything. Oh, but yeah, no, that's, real talk. <laughs> and it's here. It's, it's here. here. So, I always ask questions. That's called the black, which is vanilla. So yeah, that's the lemongrass. I don't know what to do. I like it. I like. What do I do? Do you think JJ will be mad if he get lemongrass? Cause I can do lemongrass too. No, I don't think anybody will be mad with it. Smells good. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> what you mean? He, he looks like he can. He can handle it. Thank you. My pleasure. My pleasure. Thank I you would, so much. I would love to. That's why you were at. Okay. That's what? where I went. That's why you were asking me like about the host. Yeah. Yeah. I okay. Was, yeah. Gotcha. I wanted to bring enough for everybody. Yeah. Wow. So Thank you. I appreciate it. Give everybody. Wow. You know. 
You were raised. <laughs> tell your mama, Deborah, mama, and daddy. <laughs> I just want to tell y'all, kudos to you. Y'all did an amazing <laughs> job. This is you supposed to raise a good human. She's I phenomenal. I, so. yes. I want to say this because I know this is an entrepreneurship uh, mm -hmm. course. And like I was talking earlier in regards to like believing yourself, all those things. And we got yeah. through that stuff. I want to be very practical as an entrepreneur in the sense of like, because I dance, design, fine art. And with COVID hit. I did my body butters and juice. I've been doing that all the time. Like, cause I've been natural all my life and growing up in a place where it wasn't a trend. We always had to like do our own hair care. And I remember people would be like, yo, what are you using your hair? And I tell them like, you know, cause I grow my own food. I'm from the country. Okay. So growing up, my father, my mother be in the garden, like speaking parables. So it's like, why they got us up here at six o'clock in the morning <laughs> talking about this garden, God, <laughs> which I'm appreciative of it now. Cause I'm very clear about how, how the garden reflects us as human beings and growing and even in the growing some flowers i've never seen in the stores because they only come before the fruit comes but you have to let go of that flower so the fruit can come even though it's very very beautiful it's like oh that's a pretty flower but this flower has to die so you can get the actual real fruit that's coming wow. and as an adult and i'm like yo my parents were dropping jewels oh, on your girl God, <laughs> right. dropping jewels that's crazy. but um even with all of that, like understanding the earth, understanding how we as human beings relate and work with the earth and not against it, like using natural things to heal our body and whatever. My thing is like whatever you put on your face, you should be able to put on your hair because it naturally comes down to your face and you're breaking out. Whatever you put into your body should, you know, be able to put on your face, your body, et cetera. So when I make my products, it has to hit like at least two of those things. Yeah. So either you can put it on your hair, your face. Mm -hmm body or you can take it so it has to be two of those categories because it should work together as a unit so my body butter is good for your face your hair and your body right and you want to test it out with your skin and stuff depending on what it is and i was able to do that in the pandemic like covid gave me rest and i'm mm -hmm. grateful for it it gave me rest i didn't even know that i needed mm -hmm. and so when i was going back like making my stuff like oh you selling it now i was like hmm. and i always said no because i'm like i ain't got no time I ain't got no time to do all this. I ain't got no time to make juice. I ain't got no time. Like, I can juice on the road because I need to keep myself together. Yeah. It was like, well, God was like, you got time now? I was got like, time. you right. <laughs> so in the midst of the pandemic, I was able to establish my body butter company and also Vita Fluids, again, making juices towards your blood type. Yeah. And I want to be clear as an entrepreneur because people ask me all the time, how do you do it? I want to give some practical steps, right? So you get your business. You have your LLC. And I don't know a lot. I don't know a lot. But whatever information I have, I'm always like, giving that mm -hmm. and so once you get your llc which is like 150 at the minimum depending on where you are and mm -hmm. georgia is like 150 and then you want to get your ein number which is free you can it's go irs.gov yeah. and get that and then from there you get your business bank account right. which can also be free you can google free business bank accounts all of that and then from there you can start building your business credit which a lot of us miss sometimes of building your business credit and um a good resource is creditsuite.com um, you want to get your Dun & Brass number, which they also assist with that, too. And then even if you don't have any of those things, you can start establishing business credit by using companies like Uline. And you always want to do like a net 30 because that established towards your business credit. Mm -hmm. I just use Uline. They, mm -hmm. just sent, they just sent, uh, um, well, I get the, the magazine, but they just sent a... Um Something in the mail. I got to see what. Yeah, a catalog. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then they have different companies like Supply Works, HD Supply, uh, Wex HD, so I like mm -hmm. Supply, yeah. which is a gas cart, which things you're going to use anyway. Like you can buy toilet paper, 
um, food off of these websites, things you're going to buy anyway, but they don't teach us that, but you're building your business credit as well. And then you want to check your Experian business uh, account to see what that looks like, making sure your business bank account address, your address on your actual like mailing address, even if you need a virtual address, you can use that as well. Um, but making sure all those things line up and then within three months, mm -hmm. you can get business credit to the point where you can go out in the world where I can go out in the world I don't even have to use my personal credit anymore right. because of those things and I know I just gave like a gist of those things but those are like simple practical steps no matter yeah. what profession that you're in that you want to do and I tell people all the time I understand sometimes like as performers that everybody's not an entrepreneur and I call myself an entrepreneur pursuing the business of art yeah. and so when they go out like I'm just booking gigs but not understanding like yo I'm the CEO of this right here of this right. going on so if I don't govern myself like a business, I'm not getting my tax write-offs. Like even with the stuff going on with COVID, you could apply for the PPP loan or the grant in your personal life and your business. And I've been trying to a Yoda on company, which is the my art company. Shout out to my dancers, Leo, hey. Michaela, What's up, Soup, Ashley. Hey, y'all. Um, and just tell them like, yo, y'all are all artists, not only dancers, but artists. And y'all need to get y'all LLC at the minimum. Yeah, but at least do that. At, at the minimum, you know what I'm saying? And then even my uh, one of my friends, homie, just let him, helping him through with the process. He was like, yo, that's it. I was like, yes. You're right. This is it. <laughs> this is it. That's, that's what, what I'm saying. Like, it's not complicated. We literally did this in a matter of five hours. I was like, yo, meet me at the studio on this day, and we're going to knock this out. Like, I'm tired of you talking about all these excuses <laughs> and blah, blah. And when he did it, he was like, dang, I should have been. I said, yes, you should have been did this. <laughs> should have been. But I just want to say that to encourage people. Like, that's how simple it is, especially in this time where we need to make sure. Like, it ain't secure unless you're securing it. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Sure. Like. Unless you're securing it. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I appreciate you taking the time to come back to loop around back to that. <laughs> Thank you. Because, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's important. And it's mm -hmm. like a lot of people, unfortunately, a lot of people who are uh, considered minorities, you mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. We don't necessarily have the knowledge, but it's yeah. like, okay. And anytime I, I want to share those, because even like, I don't know why we don't do this when we get together. But anytime I'm with my artist friends, I'm just checking in like, hey, yo, do you have this? Because that opens up the conversation and like. Maybe somebody else has some more information. Like, right. Oh, you know you can do this. No, I ain't know that. Like, let your girl know. Like, right, tell right. me. So I'm always, like, trying to be active to make sure we're good financially. Each one, reach one. Mm -hmm. Each one, teach mm -hmm. one. Yeah. Period. I love it. And, you know, it's tangible now because we're holding your product, <laughs> you know. And it's yeah, all yeah. legitimate <laughs> at that point. So, yeah, well, I mean, Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> this is so sad. I think we got to play the game. What's yeah. the game? Yeah, I'm down for games. Again? What's the game? Okay. We didn't do any research. No, she that. can handle this. I got it. I used to dance. Yeah. Okay. So mm -hmm. the game is gonna be two lie. What is it? Two truths, one lie. Yeah. Okay. Two truths, one lie. Okay. Right. But we're gonna put it in your field. But she has so many fields because you just. <laughs> oh my god. So let's let's be the first one. All right. Debbie Allen. Debbie Allen. What, I'm gonna get it two truths and one lie? Huh? Am oh, I? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Okay, two truths. Debbie Allen, um, her sister is Felicia Rashad. Um, Debbie Allen and Felicia Rashad don't have the same dad. And um, um, I need another dancer. Uh, who's a dancer? Uh, who's it? Alvin Hines. Ailey, huh? Oh, I'll, Gregory I'll Hines? Okay, Gregory Hines. I know about him. Gregory Hines and Fred Astaire were best friends. Um, the Felicia Rashad and Debbie don't have the same dad. Are the what? 
Hmm? It's the lie. Okay, who's her sister? Debbie Allen, Felicia Rashad. Aren't they sisters for yeah, real? They're sisters for real. So that's not the lie, right? What you say? The you lie said was? they they don't have the same dad. I'm oh, that's they, a lie. Yeah, I'm okay. saying they, I'm saying they do they do have the same dad. <laughs> okay, and then what was the other lie or truth? You said two truths, one lie. I think I lied once. I think, I think, think lied. I lied yeah, twice. I think you, yeah. <laughs> All right, and then the other one would be Gregory Hines is a lie. Then because he definitely was not even alive <laughs> right. at the same time. For sure. Right. I was like I was like it's, it's two lies in there, but yeah. I only know that because Debbie Allen number um they're people from Chester, South Carolina. Well, my father. first of all, that yeah. was a setup. But <laughs> also, <laughs> you asked the question. You gotta know though. That's what I'm saying. She was no, on her stuff. Debbie she... and Felicia are like my my. Love them. Yeah, That's they're awesome. gonna be on my walls. Yeah. I'm gonna have like a a woman wall. Yeah, one of my friends, affectionately known as Eb. Ebony, she calls me her. Uh, she be like, "What up, DB?" She like, "You my Debbie Allen?" Cause yes. she like dancing, directing, blah blah. Yeah, yeah. And when she used to say that, I'm not like, "Ooh," I was like, "That's heavy, sis." She was like. But that's you, and I'm like, you know what? I received that, and yeah. so I just been receiving that and, and walk, walk towards it. Yeah, right, walk yeah. towards the it. Lie at? The ball, right? <laughs> <laughs> Ain't no lie. <laughs> Never. Period. Ain't no lie. But well, yeah, that was our sad attempt at two truths, <laughs> <Super laughs> two sad. lies, and one kind you of. See, truth. I didn't even participate. Now it's okay. Like, you can practice with family. It's all good. Right. Right. Next yeah, we time we come, some, we're gonna have like some <laughs> new games, y'all. Yes. So, um, I'm actually gonna have a kickback at my house. Okay. Well, I have to have a housewarming, right? And he knows about this, but we're gonna have like a comedy. Um, what is it like stand up comedy night? Uh-huh. And no matter what you do, you gotta write like a good five to eight minutes. On oh, that's like, hilarious! Yeah, you don't have to be a comedian. I am naturally, but you know, not by profession. But it's gonna be really dope. And um, would you like to come? Yeah, yeah, I'll you got some come. comedic bars? On I, no, not really, but I'll try. I'm, yeah, I'm down. I'm, I'm, yeah, cool. <laughs> I'm down. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right, cool. Oh, I have another question. I'm, when is this podcast like debuting? Is it Aaron? Yeah. Um, we typically want to try to put them out on Wednesdays, but we're trying to gather, I'd say maybe one more or it depends. Uh-huh. But I will, to answer your question though, um, probably within the, within the next two weeks. Okay. Only reason why I'm asking, cause I know you said talk about events and stuff. So yeah, I have my closing got? coming up June 19th or whatnot, but if it's not going to be out before then, I don't. I, don't I think it. I think it will. Okay. Well, June nineteenth at the Artist Exchange, when my artwork is, we're doing a closing like reception, but we're also doing like a global clubhouse party, um, showcasing work in LA and Philly as well. Have you heard of Clubhouse Global? No. Uh, no, I've heard of yeah. Clubhouse. Yeah, Clubhouse Global. So um, basically, we're all partnering together with Trap Hills, which is a a beautiful organization in LA. Um, brother, brother by Damon Turner. When I say a beauty beast of a man like walks in his purpose walks in his passion that allows other people to do it like he is a dream like activator but also executing in people's dreams so this is the name again damon turner damon turner yeah damon turner um he is the ceo of trap hills so we're doing a global celebration between philly atlanta and la and showcasing our work here in Atlanta, but also doing like a you know Juneteenth celebration on that right. day too. So you're all invited. Um, we're going to do the reception between six and eight, and then the party celebration is going to be between eight and midnight. We going? I'm gonna aim for the 16th to put this. I'm gonna aim to put this out on the 16th. Okay. So basically, that'll be like what this Saturday, the 19th. I think it's no, it's next it's Saturday. Next, right? next Saturday. No, I'm, well, if I'm putting this out on the 16th, that'll be this Saturday. Oh, if yeah. this was the 16th. Got you. I'm speaking in the future. Got you. I got but you. I'm with you. Anyway. I'm catching up. I got you. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, no, nah, that's cool. Yeah, June 10th. Mm-hmm. So, okay, tell the people one more time where you're going to be at. 
So Juneteenth, we are doing a global celebration of the work at the Sinclair Gallery. Sinclair Gallery. Yep, Sugar Cane Syrup has uh, curated an art show where my artwork is featured, and we're doing a closing. The closing okay. will be from 6 to 8, and if you look up Artist Exchange in East Point, Georgia, it will pop up. And also from 8 to midnight, we're going to do like a Juneteenth celebration of okay. all of the works and stuff. I'm going to be Very there. Awesome. I asked if you were going with, but I'll be there for sure. Cool, cool, cool. I have a... No, no, do what you gotta already. do. I got you. You know, you booked and busy. We got you. Hey, we got you. you know, <laughs> yeah, I can't wait to support you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for just being a part of the Treehouse Peace podcast. Thank you, thank you for having me. Absolutely. Dropping these gems and listening to me cry and listening <laughs> to him. And what were we talking <laughs> about? I don't know. But regardless, <laughs> thank you so much. We hope to thank have you, you back. Yeah. And, um, where can everybody follow you, real quick? Um, you can follow me. Who? On my main page, my personal page, right, is Deborah, D-E-B-O-R-A-H, underscore Hughes, H-U-G-H-E-S. That is my dance. You see me up there. My design page is I am D-V-A-R-I-A. I am D-V-A-R-I-A, which is my clothing information. Okay. And then will y'all just put the other, like, should I give out? Yeah, I mean, well, every, to be honest with you, everything is going to be. Okay, we'll yeah. yeah. It'll be linked below, guys. Yeah, link yeah. below. I can even link. The, Go ahead. Yeah, I'm like the butter has its own IG okay. underscore, Lord. and I'm gonna oh, try this, this butter. Out. That is black, aka vanilla, because vanilla's original color is black. You better educate on everything that <laughs> you touch. I'm, 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 I'm gonna keep this one. Oh, oh you with wait, the vanilla? Wait a minute, but you know what? I like the smell. You tripping? Sm- I already picked mine. Which one you picked? The vanilla. Oh. Bring that back over here, and All that's right. on record, cuz. Yeah, I tried, <laughs> I tried to switch over. it up. <laughs> nah, bro. He's like, I like this vanilla. Yeah. I mean, this lavender. I already printed on this one. I told you I would have took the lemon. So I sell those for twenty five. Twenty five. I'm gonna um. I'm gonna try these out and yeah. I will let the world know. Yeah, absolutely. You know, yeah, ashy. And, <laughs> but I don't like to put everything like I have so many like lotions and I love, you know, mm-hmm. my bath and body work scents, but I just the yeah. poison. I yeah. can't mm-hmm. so yeah, oh yeah <laughs> anything i put on my body is definitely like oh. and then you know next time i come out i'll bring y'all some black time traveler apparel which is at black time travelers no vowels plug it okay. plug it yeah yeah okay at so black B- time travelers blck uh-huh okay. tm travelers no vowels Dope. yeah mm-hmm. you don't even gotta do all that but thank you we <laughs> receive it no i you Not know i always want to make sure i'm giving to I'm a, I'm a firm you. believer in that. Yeah, you so gotta much. get out of my house. Like, <laughs> uh, I, I love you so much. Yeah, my oh, website cool. is accentovertheo.com and you can find everything there. Yeah. All right, y'all better make sure y'all support Deborah and do not ever call her Deborah. <laughs> ever. Period. Because that's my mama's name. Yeah, that's her mama's name. So, yeah, we're out. Um, thank you guys for tuning in. Chris, uh, you do you have any takeaways, real quick? Yes, takeaways. Uh, all right, so first takeaway. He had to get close to the mic. Okay, I'm listening. Yeah, this is important. <laughs> the fact that your parents took y'all out into the fields and were teaching y'all via parables <laughs> about the plants, in the dirt. but like actually in the purposefully <laughs> thinking like, okay, I'm saying all this stuff and they, they're they right now they're not going to get it. They think I'm just talking crazy, but mm-hmm. they knew that at some point it's like, it's like when you're in church in a black church and a preacher say, Oh, y'all didn't catch me right now, but you're going to get it right down the highway or something. It's like, it's like that. It's like they knew Absolutely. at some point in time mm-hmm. you were going to go through something in your life to where these things that I'm saying, everything is just going to connect and like it's going to make sense. So what I'm saying is, parents, you have to be mindful about what you're saying around your children. You got to be mindful about like the things that you present to them at an early age because it's like they remember. You know what I'm saying? Everything. Like, they catch yeah. that. Absolutely. That's That's my takeaway. Um do I take away or you want me to go? Y'all know I'm long. You got it. What's up? Keep it short. Okay. Keep it short. My takeaway is that, you know, um, 
you should really take the time. You you deserve to take the time to to find yourself because there's a greater you that's always calling. And all you got to do is just open the door. She knocking or he or who <laughs> them. But, yeah, um, I, I encourage everybody to take that, you know, challenge themselves, baby steps or whatever. But take the opportunity to get to know who you really are. Yeah. Absolutely. Zabora. So I'll say I'll say this, like, thank y'all for those takeaways. I really mm-hmm. appreciate I tell my mom all the time, like, yo, when you going to write this book? Like, <laughs> we right. need this. Yeah. Um, so for me. I know you can't really tell now. I don't really talk a lot in a sense. Like even when I'm in big crowds, you probably see me chilling on the dance floor. That's like that's my language right there. Like mm-hmm. art is my language. That's where I communicate the most. But I told myself like I'm going to take more invitations of speaking and doing podcasts because typically oh, cool. I'll be like I'm good. Like thank I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm good. So I want to say thank you all for one giving me the space and opportunity to walk into that. So thank you for Absolutely. that. Absolutely. And like it's our pleasure. Me being conscious, like notable, I said. I was going to do this. This is an opportunity to act out what I said I was going to do. Because people ask me, like, yo, you should like, you should do a podcast. I'm like, ain't nobody trying to hear what I got to say. <laughs> like, oh, you should write a book. I was like, oh. Yeah. And my friend always tells me, like, yo, what is regular to you is not regular to people. Yeah, you need to blown. say these things. I'm like, ain't nobody, like, everybody know about this. Like, everybody knows. She was like, so no. Yeah, right. right. She's like, so you thought? She was like, no, I've never heard this in my life. But also, like. I see you living this life. So yeah. I'm like, yo, like, how how do I do this? It's a real thing. And people need, that's yeah. you need to let your little light shine. Yeah. It's not little. So I, I appreciate y'all for giving me the space. And I'm always trying to be mindful just because I feel like it's like simple information or not even simple. Sometimes I just feel like ain't nobody really trying to, to hear this. So. Yeah. Thank y'all for letting me get out my own way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <Told you that. laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, me, like, I have to tell myself, like, why do I feel this way? Because I've been doing it for so long, mm-hmm. I feel like it's mm-hmm. boom. And I remember a homie, he stayed with, um, stayed with me for the weekend. He was in town. And, um, like, I get up in the morning, I pray, I meditate, and I'm juicing everything. He was like, yo, I've been here for a week, and I feel peace in your house. He was like, this is the best sleep I've ever had. And homies will wow. come over, just sleep on the couch, like... I didn't even know I knocked out. And I, you know, I put a, he like, you put a blanket on me when they wake up and got some food. They were like, yo, I, Deborah, like, what is this? You need to do more of this. So I'm just being mindful of those mm-hmm. things and, you know, giving my gratitude and silly y'all. Thank you. That's beautiful. Thank you. Shit, baby. Mm-hmm. So y'all got to keep on doing what y'all doing. Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully we talk after this, but um, I got to pick your brain. But <laughs> we are out, guys. I think this the longest episode we didn't ever I'm so did. sorry. No, no, no. This is the second episode this and we need this. Okay. So, no. Okay. Yes. But I thought I was, like, I talk a lot. So, like, you know, this is like my lane to talk, <laughs> but I don't want to talk too much. So, we're good. Um, Chris, you got anything to say? I'm out of here. Guys, we done. That's We're it. Done. We are done. Treehouse out. Treehouse out. Perfect. Out. That's it. <laughs> Have All a good right. one. Thank you so, Thank so much again. Treehouse. All right. Treehouse. Treehouse. Treehouse.
Treehouse Podcast is brought to you by Rebel House. This is a Rebel House production. <laughs>